Julian Charles here of themindrenewed.com coming to you as usual from the depths of the Lancashire countryside here in the UK and welcome once again to TMR's regular New Year's Eve show which we've been enjoying for the last nine years now that is nine out of the el wow. 11 years of TMR's life so far and each year we are joined by members of the Nephilim Chaps Secret Society made up of high-level initiates from affiliated shows and networks and other illuminated persons from around the globe also each year we announce a Kickstarter for Frank Johnson's latest scientific project, which we'll get into in a bit. And uh, other than that, we share some news stories from the last year, 2023 in this case, uh, mostly not serious things, but things that have made us chuckle for various reasons from around the world. And because uh, this is our main opportunity, briefly, to put aside the many dark things that are going on in this world and to let our hair down so to speak for just an hour or so during this festive season and uh, so this new year's eve we are joined by gk from australia the main host of like flint radio jennifer tyson the angelically voiced texan classical singer frank johnson from the u.s regular guest on tmr jeff bankens strongman for christ also from the u.s and lastly though most definitely not least charles philip arthur george schleswig holstein sonderberg Luxburg, affectionately known in this country as king charles iii delighted to have yet another person of such amazing standing on the show so uh, welcome everybody good to have you all on again the uh new year's eve show Ooh, thank you yeah Julia. thank you really happy to be what here what a pleasure with everyone and king charles i know i'm i'm so grateful to meet his highness as you know listening <laughs> is often more important than speaking yes your highness oh. we're sorry to interrupt you sir yes indeed it's great to have you on uh, king charles wonderful is there the right thing to say it's your majesty, actually. Oh, your, your majesty. majesty. <laughs> your majesty, yes, yes. Yes, his majesty likes to be addressed as your majesty. Yes. Uh. <laughs> I really need lessons. My majesty or your majesty? Hello, what was that you? Was that you, Jeff? Oh, I just said, is it my majesty or your majesty? I was remembering something from the Three Stooges. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. GK, let's start with you. Um, it's great to have you back on the show. Uh, it's been some time since we've spoken with you. How are things down under? If indeed, of course, there is such a place as down under. I'm never quite sure, but how are things going? You caught me, Julian. I'm just swallowing my Vegemite on toast, which I'm sure... <laughs> Everybody around the world enjoys thoroughly. Absolutely. There's a lot of memes about Vegemite. Particularly Americans don't get the flavour or the taste, but yes, we eat it. Mm. And I am currently enjoying my Vegemite on toast. Yeah. You know, it's really good, Julian. Um, as you know, I've been well down under now, so I've been in Tasmania for a few years now. Mm. And um, I've got a couple things that I'd like to share with you that are mm. quite Tasmanian, if I can do that. Absolutely. Yeah, it'd be good to get around to those. Yeah. So is Vegemite a particularly Tasmanian thing? I thought it was an Australian-wide no, no, thing. No, no, no. It's Australian. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. No, look, yeah. as, um, so as part of my role down here, I think I've told you before that I'm working very closely with a penguin rookery here because hmm. part of the reason I wanted to move down here was to get involved with native wildlife. So 
I am part of a team that look after a penguin rookery of what's now known as little penguins. They used to be called fairy penguins or blue penguins, but they're little penguins and they're smallest penguin in the world of the 17 or 18 species these are the smallest they really do need looking after uh, especially here on mainland tasmania the offshore islands you know they're flourishing but here they've got to be taken care of but i wasn't here to talk about penguins although i was thinking about characters (laughs) and i see frank more as the penguin you know you know oh yeah the evil penguin but i thought okay well (laughs) maybe i take on that role but anyway Part of that, part of the- <laughs> yeah. I think I've been let listeners into the secret here. Um, on, I've been schooling Frank in the art of yeah. the quintessential English evil laugh. You know, the mwahaha plus the saying <laughs> "indeed" in an evil way. Uh-huh. So Frank has perfected that. So what I thought I would do later in the show is to give you all an opportunity to compete against Frank and myself, of course, <laughs> to see whether you can beat us. But uh, we'll see how that goes later. <laughs> I mean, think about this. Uh, you were saying about wildlife in Australia, GK. Um, I noticed you're posting on Facebook about lots of animals, and they all seem to be dangerous. Now, you mentioned penguins. They don't sound so dangerous. I mean, is the penguin really the only safe animal down under? Oh, there's a few others that that might be safer. um, Are there? But I just can't think of them off the top of my head. (laughs) Exactly. Um, No, almost almost everything down here will try to kill you in some way, you know, um, whether it's minute or or larger. Mm. Uh, But sometimes humans, we sort of um, get our revenge, can I say. And um, Mm. I was going to talk about the paddy melons and how many of them get bowled along the roads. But I I wanted to tell you about this thing first. In my role with the penguins, I met a lot of people and recently i met this young couple and they asked me where can we go that's the furthest you can go northwest as far away from people as you can be because there are it's a small island but there are a lot of remote locations and i said well i can help you with that i went there just a couple of weeks ago hmm. and in the far northwest of tasmania there's a patch of land it originally was about two hundred fifty thousand acres and it was owned and run by the Van Diemen's Land Company, which had the Royal Charter, and I believe it still exists, because when I was there, I saw the sign said, don't go past this point upon pain of death, right? Wow. So they had a Royal Charter, and they don't get handed out uh, freely, because if you think of the East India Company, um, and I think there was the West India Company, those were huge in the 19th century. Like the East India Company, they had their own navy. They basically had their own army. And, you know, wherever they went in their charter, they held sway. Well, there was a little patch of land here that was under a similar charter called the VDL Co. I just call it that, but it's a Van Diemen's Land Company. And these people wanted to go there. Well, mm. you can't go there, okay, because it's you're not allowed past the big gates. Mm. And the original gates from the 1840s, because we are going back to 1826 here, I sent Frank a photo of them, and I'll share it with you too, Gillian, and it's just pretty creepy, wasn't it, Frank? Yes, yes, it was. Right. So when I went up there, I made it to the gates, and then this guy on a quad appears with a little camera on his head and people give him strange looks. And I was telling this young couple about that and they said, what is this place? Is it like a cult or something? And I said, well, it's really just a group of farmers that have sort of taken over this piece of land, but we can't go there unless you get guided through the place. Mm. And so 
looking into its history a little bit, it's quite a little bit of a dark history going back 100 years. I'm not saying it's dark now, um, but if you think of the stories that come from the past, it had quite a dark history. Uh, one example is they're more or less responsible for the extinction of the thylacine, wow. one of our favourite lost animals, because they put a bounty out on the thylacine, which they had the right to do because they're under a charter from, you know, the Crown. They could do whatever they like, mm. you know, whatever they want at the time. Not that they did. They were there to farm. But I'm just pointing out that that's the sort of thing that they did. Um, so they put the bounty out on the Tasmanian tiger, and it is really partially the cause of their extinction. And there are some other darker things from up that area. Uh, Cape Grimm, oh. right? The name says it all. Well, yeah. And yeah. things like that. So, you know, these charters that were given out by the royals in the 19th century and before, they held a lot of sway. And, and you know, it still echoes to this day. That place is locked up. You can't go, you know, you, you just can't get past it. Ah, strange, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You have to be careful, though, what you say about yeah. royal charters as we have uh, King Charles with us here this evening. But, Excuse uh, me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, King, uh, I, I, King Charles. Please. I, I, I think he's all right. He's, I think he's he all right. He doesn't really have that much of an influence still over Australia and things like that, right? So he's it's okay, hmm. right? Yeah, I think I think I think he's alright. He's he's keeping quiet at the moment. Uh, he's thinking about things at the moment. Well, how are you doing uh, these days, Jennifer? Are you still involved with uh, music making in Austin and beyond, of course? Yes, very much so. I yeah. just finished a rehearsal right before I came here for an O Antiphons service and um A what service? An O Antiphons. It's like the key of David, the root of Jesse, and, and it's a series of all these like the names of of Jesus songs and readings uh-huh. around that you know old traditional service uh-huh. so that will be monday night and of course gearing up for christmas things and right. singing at my church and Excellent. just finished a concert last week singing lots of old mm-hmm. people from like 1500s through yeah. the 1700s and quite beautiful Wonderful. Lots of singing going on here. Yeah, excellent. The only thing that slightly confuses me is why you are practicing for Christmas things, considering it's now almost the new year. But um, maybe we'll leave that aside for the moment. I'm orthodox. Um, <laughs> oh, all right, of course. Yes, that's it. We still have about eight more days. Seriously. <laughs> uh, uh, Je- <laughs> Jeff, how are you doing, Jeff? Are you still there? I'm still here. I had to go out and come back in because couldn't hear anything GK was saying. I thought he was cutting out, but maybe it was me. It was very important, Jeff. It's a shame you missed it. Um, did you come in through the outdoor or out through the indoor? Uh, just a question. <laughs> I had to do both so many times I can't remember. <laughs> Are you in now or out? I think I'm in. <laughs> and Jeff, how are you doing? Is your strongman ministry still going well? Yeah, actually, I've got something new I started Ooh. doing as a new feat this year. Oh, wow. Um, uh-huh. ooh, pick up four kids with just four fingers all at the same time. Oh, you're kidding. Wow. Four children with four fingers. Yes, yes. Hold on, you must be pulling my leg. You probably don't want him to do that. He's not pulling nope. your leg, he's pulling your fingers off. <laughs> if I was pulling your leg, it would come off. This has got to be some sort of joke. This has got to be like, how do you pick up four children with four fingers and then there's some sort of punchline that makes sense of it? There's no way you can do that in reality, is there? Sure, there is. I'll see if I can send it to you chaps in this uh, <laughs> chat group. Yeah, basically, you have a device that four of your fingers, your middle and ring finger of each hand are hooked into. Mm. And at each corner is a tractor seat with like a golf cart seat belt. All right. I stand on a 12-inch platform, and they just buckle in, and I pick them up. 
Ah, I see. I imagine that you were directly picking them up with four fingers, and that's, I thought, how could you possibly do that? Well, I just didn't mention that part. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, it's great to have all of you on the show. Thanks very much for coming back. And uh, we haven't spoken to, of course, uh, King Charles. So it's great to Charles Philip Arthur George, immensely honoured to have you on the show, uh, uh-huh. Your Majesty. And of course, in previous years, we've had to put up with mere prime ministers. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's marvellous to have an exalted personage of such impeccable breeding on the show this year. <laughs> yes. I'm most grateful to you for inviting me to address this immensely important meeting. Okay, so Frank, I'm sorry to um, yeah. put you straight after His Royal Highness there. Difficult act to follow, but uh, how are things yes. with you? you? You've had a, a bit of a, an accident with your car recently. Uh, uh, are you still, are you okay? Or? Yeah, um, so I'm thinking it might have been, you know, the men in black or something, you know, <laughs> even though it wasn't actually, a, it wasn't actually a woman who uh, hit me, but you never can be too careful. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, seriously, I did have a car accident. Uh, mm. <laughs> Thankfully, it wasn't more serious. I've had to go to the chiropractor a fair bit because I had some like tightness in my muscles and stuff and been getting massages. Mm. I, I think you remember the other day I was driving away from my chiropractor. Um. <laughs> yes, you were. I wonder why that was the case, whether you were just literally driving away or whether you were trying to escape from your chiropractor, which was rather odd. Did you not pay your bill? Was that the... Well, I, I didn't pay, but he hasn't charged me, so I'm... <laughs> <laughs> We're going to submit it through insurance, actually. But yeah, no, okay. that's, yeah. yeah, yeah. But other yeah. than that, you know, it's been helping. It's it's actually done some good, and the massage has helped quite a bit. So, um, but you're doing okay. Yeah, it's been a great, uh, great recovery since good. then. So now I can kind of focus on my projects yeah. and stuff now. You know, absolutely. So we're going to be having a Kickstarter, of course, for your scientific or scientific projects this year. Yes, because uh, I'll remind listeners that we we do this each year, raise donations uh, for Frank's work. Um, we do quite well most years. I think we've managed to raise about $10 some years, haven't we? I, I think across all the years, it's been about $10 total, yes. 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 Wow. And with various grants, you've been able to push that up and get your work done, haven't you? Oh, yes. So this year, um, is it a geology project that you're doing this year? Could you tell us something about that? Yeah, geology, a little bit archaeology, and some other ologies in there that, uh, mm. you know, it's kind of esoteric, so it's kind of hard to mm. pin it down as to which ology it actually is. Yeah. Is there any ontology? Um, Ooh, there, might, ontology. there might be, but um, I can't really discuss it at this point because that's kind of mm. classified, so. Gotcha. Absolutely. But yeah, I'm looking forward to getting this project on the, on the road. Uh, yeah, so just to give listeners an idea of what your scientific project this year is, mm-hmm. I understand that it has something to do with the work of somebody called Comins Beaumont, yes. who um, claims that all of biblical history took place in Britain and that Jesus was born in Somerset. Now, yes. you know, looking at that at face value, I'm thinking to myself, well, doesn't seem very likely. But then again, mm. this is what science is all about, isn't it? So I'm hoping right. that you're going to have some experiments to uh, prove this. Yes, I, I am planning to do an expedition um, this spring. Mm. And the sooner the better, because I think we might be able to tie in some very important personages to this, because I think some deaths have been faked, and maybe we might find these individuals at this site of great historical importance. So, Right. Wow. Yeah. Such as? Who, yeah. Which individuals do you have in mind? Oh, well, um, Henry Kissinger. <laughs> um, he's, his death right. has 
Yes, he, his death was faked, and oh. I think he's there in Somerset hiding out. Uh-huh. Um, the real Joe Biden. Wow. Um, Prime Minister Tony Blair, <laughs> Bill Gates. There's even a rumor that Michael Jackson might have visited it at some point as well. Right. Recently. <laughs> yes, yes. And does your project have anything to do with Nazis, the North Pole, and um, Nephilim and Jam and all that sort of thing this time? I think so, yeah. I think there might be a Nazi mm. connection because um, yes. these individuals may have some sort of deep state connection, except Michael Jackson, of course. Mm. Um, we know nothing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With those ties, they may have that Nazi connection, and that's what we're going to look into. Absolutely. Um, I might have access to a, you know, a disc craft that needs some renovation, so right. I might be able to get in under the radar, so to speak. Um, <laughs> If, yes. if we can get enough funding to repair it, of course. Mm. Well, that's exactly what we need. We must get those donations in. So uh, listeners out there, yes. while you're listening here on New Year's Eve, you've got half an hour <laughs> to get those donations in, and you'll find a button there. It's always there on the website for that. So hurry, the donation <laughs> yes. window will close at midnight. So please do give generously to Frank's scientific mm. project. Yes, indeed. Thank you. When you mentioned the, the idea that all of biblical history happened in England, it immediately yeah. brought, of course, King Arthur. Yes, mm. right. So I'm wondering if there are connections between King Arthur and Henry Kissinger and Your Majesty, who's here with us today. And I think we oh. might be able to find that connection, yeah. Um, <laughs> perhaps the Sword Excalibur might be there. Um, without a doubt, I'm sure the Holy Grail has got to be there. So um, hopefully we yeah. can get this, uh, get the funding for this and find out. Um, yes, yeah. I could make Maybe ask his majesty if he'd be willing to um, finance a portion of it, but I don't want to impose. I can only encourage us all to think big and act now. Oh, yes. Thank you, your majesty. (laughs) Wow, that's the biggest Mm. encouragement I think you could ever get. Mm. I think Mm. so. Yes, thank you, your majesty. Yes. So I was wondering if the key to this would be pulling the sword out. And I think if Michael Jackson had his glove, Mm. that could be like, you know, (laughs) just with four fingers, pull it out. Oh, yes. Yes, and and if we can't get it out, then we'll just have to have Jeff strongarm it out, I guess. I'm always up for that. What's your fee like? Frank's got to raise money. Mm. What's your fee like, Jeff? I'll give him a discount, two dollars. <laughs> Ooh, not bad. But he's got to feed. Not me. bad. He's got to feed me though. That's going to be a lot more than two dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I say, GK. I got some Vegemite. That was an excellent laugh. Yes. I've got some Vegemite. Yeah, <laughs> GK. That was almost an evil laugh. No Vegemite. Ooh. That looks gross. <laughs> oh, Vegemite's lovely. It's better than my Indeed, Julian. Or Bovril. You've got to try it, Jeff. It's actually really good. I, I bought some at World Market one time, and I asked GK how to eat it. I prepared it, and I just loved it. The shelf life on it was already almost expired, you know, because it just sits around, and <laughs> nobody else buys it. Um, the only thing that I, I... I actually rather liked it. Yeah, the only thing I don't like about it is the fact that it doesn't taste quite as strong as the other, so you've got to use a lot on your bread. Mm. So it doesn't last very long. When you put something like Marmite on, it's, you know, the slightest scrape, but it's very salty. Yeah. So I think the Vegemite is much nicer taste. What, what scares me is the word veggie and the word mite together. So what is it made of? Mmm. <laughs> Never asked. Indeed. I think it's made out of like yeast or something. It's no vegetables at all. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds gross. <laughs> yeah. Hey, while we're throwing these. Put hair on your chest. <laughs> 
while we're throwing these <laughs> these evil laughs around, let's do the competition with the Indeed. Now, Frank has absolutely mastered this. So, should we start with Frank to demonstrate just how good he is at the evil, yeah. evil Indeed, and we'll course, see if anybody boy. can beat him. Indeed. So, Frank, off you go. All right, give me a second here. Mm. <laughs> Indeed, it's very good, isn't it? Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Good coaching, Julian. Thank you. My demonstration? Yeah. Yeah, please. Are you ready? <clears throat> Indeed. Ooh. Well, that managed. Not too bad. Not too bad. Okay, so those are two. Who'd like to go next? Okay. I have to do mine in a not-so-masculine way. <laughs> 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 wow, that was pretty impressive, actually, in a kind of uh, manic way. Mm. I could probably come off as pretty scary. Yeah. It's at least a nine. <laughs> I think so, at least. Out yeah. of 20. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> 20,000, yeah. <laughs> Jeff, can you do us one? <laughs> oh. Indeed. Wow. Nice. Cool. Say. That was pretty good, Jeff. I have a feeling though GK is going to top this, but uh, oh, I think so. Oh man, GK. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! I think that's the winner. <laughs> I think so. Wow, that's the winner. All right, very, that's the winner. Wow. How about King Chucky? Oh yeah. <laughs> Therefore, we have a unique but rapidly shrinking window of opportunity to learn lessons and reset ourselves on a more sustainable path. Ah, I don't think he's quite got the idea. Um, No, sorry, uh, Your Majesty, perhaps you could try again. We're trying to do an evil laugh. Would that be okay? Putting a proper price, proper value on carbon. (coughs) No, no, he hasn't quite got the idea. One more try, do you think? One more try? I've been encouraged to see the growing calls for a green recovery. No, no, I think he's fixated on uh, the green economy, so I don't think there's anything we can do about that. I give him credit. It is evil, so, I mean. (laughs) I thought you might have him talk about his fondness for Dracula. Mm. (laughs) He talks about being a relative and owns a piece of land or a townhouse or something over there. Really? Mm. Really. Tell us more, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah, what do you know? Yeah, uh, There is a little documentary, either from England or Transylvania, and he owns a piece of land over there and is very <laughs> fond of his supposed ancestor that's uh, Vlad Dracula or whatever his name is. Oh, wow. Vlad, mm-hmm. Vlad Tepish. Uh, wow. Didn't you pronounce like five or six of his names that are German-sounding or something like that? That's right. I tried. Let me try again. So Charles Philip Arthur George Schleswig-Holstein Zonderberg Glucksberg. Yes. He should uh, just pronounce his name very English, and that'll be scary enough. Indeed. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, um, shall we go to the news items, if anybody has any news items of of amusement or importance from 2023? I've got something. Have you really? Good, good. I have. What have you got? Okay. I found an article about scientists putting VR goggles on mice to simulate being attacked by birds. And I just, to simulate what? They, they, they're simulating for the mice 
being attacked by birds. Really? <laughs> oh, wonderful. <laughs> yes. Researchers at Northwest University. That's why I sent in the chat. It's a little picture of a mouse looking like this wearing goggles. <laughs> of course, <laughs> VR goggles are pretty big. So if you can imagine trying to get some that are mouse-sized. Anyway, yeah. researchers, research at, researchers at Northwest University wanted to study how mice reacted to confronting a bird of prey. So uh, here we go. Very strange. I guess watching them in nature is just not, mm. you just can't mm. get enough data for it. <laughs> no. I wonder what they're trying to figure out that they don't already know. <laughs> anyway, yes. I often laugh at scientific studies and things like that. Some of them just like, what, what in the world are they thinking? Here's another one. Well, this isn't exactly a scientific study. This is a Gallup poll. Gallup says that physical health has plummeted since 2019, and they can't really understand why. Uh. <laughs> oh, good heavens. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So many things have happened in the last few years, and nobody seems to know why exactly. It's climate mm. change. Oh, it's always climate change, Frank. Uh, and it's totally more- normal for children to have heart attacks. Come on. Yeah. So it seems, indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Mm. Indeed. Mm. Yes. Sad, but, you know. True. Yeah. Tragic, in fact. Yeah. Julian, I've got <clears throat> one. You know, we are talking earlier about you know, everything down here is going to kill you here in Australia, but um, a couple of years ago there was this bloke in Western Australia he had such a you know great fear of spiders, and um, one day the neighbours heard him yelling out, "Why don't you die? Why don't you die?" And they heard, right. they heard toddlers screaming inside, and the whole, house, the whole house was in a panic. So they called the police, right? So the cops come, <laughs> the cops arrive at his address, and he's trying to kill this giant spider. I think it might be a, hunts- a huntsman. Oh, dear. And, you know, they come and knock on the door, and he goes, oh, you know, oh, I'm really sorry, because uh, they thought there was something dramatic going on. They could hear children screaming, you know, and he's, oh, I'm sorry, I-, I was just trying to kill a spider, you know. And so they checked around, yeah. you know, doing their due diligence. They checked around the house, mm-hmm. and the only serious injuries that day we're to the spider. <laughs> oh, dear. Genuine story. So be careful here, wow. right? If you're going to kill some of our, yeah. you know, wildlife, don't go yelling about it or mm. else the cops might turn up. Be quiet about it, yes. Yeah. Make it look like um, an accident if possible. Yeah, That's be right. stealthy. Just say, indeed, your breath and laugh about indeed. it and stomp the darn thing. Well, I've got a story here that I'm going to throw in. This is from uh, April 2023. So this is in the Birmingham Mail. It was in other places as well, but I picked it up for some reason in the Birmingham Mail. Um, So this is Tesco shopper stunned after spotting face of Princess Diana in packet of sliced ham. (laughs) So, yeah, so this Tesco customer, uh, she's a lady, 36-year-old, and she was uh, shopping in Tesco in Gloucestershire. She bought some ham slices, and then she claimed to be shocked when she spotted what she thinks is an image of Princess Diana's face on one of the slices of ham. And she said, I thought it was really spooky and really beautiful. I'm glad I didn't put it on my sandwich. But uh, when you look at it, it doesn't look anything like Princess Diana. I don't know how the story got printed at all, to be honest, but there we are. Would His Majesty Um, care to comment? We need only look to the United Nations Secretary General to the IMF, uh, the EU. Uh, I think he's lost the plot, actually. It seems to be... I think so, yes. <laughs> just talking about one thing all the time. But Has he started drinking already? I don't know. He's like, he seems to be over there in the corner. Um, <laughs> he's got something. I'm not quite sure what it is. Mm. 
He's responding oh. about as clearly as Biden responds to things here. Oh, yes. But is, is Biden really the man in the job or is it um, an imposter? Because I think Frank exactly. suggested that the real Biden was uh, somewhere else. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, that, that brings me to that. Actually, now that you mentioned that, it brings me to um, a couple of weeks or months ago, President Biden was on this airplane and then it looked like he had. Um, how do I want to say this? Because it's a family show. He had, it looked like he had um, <laughs> testicles under his chin. Um, <laughs> right. And, uh, well, aren't most men's testicles watched, under uh, this? <laughs> Sorry. Somewhere under. Well, well, uh, yes, well. but not usually that that far up. But yes, <laughs> um, they looked like they were part of his chin, and um, I watched. <laughs> oh, you got me there, Frank. You got me. Uh, <laughs> they're totally unplanned. <laughs> they are. They um, are all. But yeah, we haven't even gotten to the punchline yet. Keep going. But, but yeah, so so that, that actually probably was the funniest part of this whole story. But um, there I hope was... it gets no funnier. <laughs> so so I watched this video. This lady, um, body language ghost on YouTube. She she looks at various videos that are making the news, and um, she analyzes the body language in them. And it's interesting to watch. I don't I don't know what stock I put in her work, but right. it's definitely very interesting and plausible i would say she says things and she said that she in all her years of um analyzing body language and face musculature and whatever that she's never seen anything like that in any person ever on earth Hmm. she didn't conclude what she thought it was but um she left it up to the viewer's interpretation and then there's been other people who have claimed that there's like parts of his skin look like they're not sitting right on his neck or on Mm. his ear Mm. There's um, some sort of suggestion that somebody might be playing him in a mask because he looks very different from when he did when he was a vice president. And um, who this person is, nobody really knows. But um, regardless of who the person may or may not be, probably the one calling the shots would be Obama or your George Soros type of people. You know, I don't know the usual cast of characters, but. That's one of my news items that was kind of unprompted is like someone might be playing him in a mask. I don't know what to think of it. There's something a little bit more there than just your mm. average conspiracy theory. I don't know what the purpose of it would be, but it's just it's just weird, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> it just reminded me there was somebody at a press conference recently who talked about President O Biden and then had to uh, <laughs> had to correct himself. <laughs> I mean, those kind of slips have yes. happened. Yeah, there's been mm. other slips like that. Yeah, so um, Freudian slip. Yeah, Biden himself said that he would see what Obama said about something, or so, I, I forget what exactly was said, but it sounded something along those lines. Yeah. Mm. So Kamala, um, the president, one time, thankfully. Yeah, yeah. Well, as, you say, as you say, Frank, that wasn't one of your main stories, but um, it was not. Let's come back, no. no, let's come back to you in a minute, um, yeah. Jeff. As I heard your dulcet tones there um, <laughs> erupting from the distance. <laughs> Jeff, have you, have you got a story for us? Oh, do I? There's a couple I looked at. Um, one I decided not to share is that uh, Mayor Eric Adams of New York City hired a rat czar to take care of the rat problem. Oh, yes. Um, another one that I'm not going to share is that in Vienna, some nudists opposed plans for a cable car to go over their beach. <laughs> the one I did decide to share is that some German people apparently sued their landlord for lower rent because he was nude sunbathing in the courtyard of his building. 
court, court said that is no no reason for lower payments, so they're going to still have to pay their full rent. <laughs> right. Oh, it was worth a try, though, wasn't it? <laughs> you got to get something for that, having to put up with that. On the other hand, they are getting a free show. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, one, one could make the case. One could make the case. It depends on your perspective. <laughs> Depends on your perspective on life. Uh, anyway, the last one I decided not to share was that uh, <laughs> there's a Dairy Queen, which is like a fast food restaurant. Yeah. There's a Dairy Queen in Arizona that lost its big red spoon and someone found it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't understand that one. The big red spoon? Like yeah. the McDonald's has a huge N? Oh. Yeah. Dairy Queen, Dairy is Queen like, have a big red spoon. Have yeah. It's a cultural reference that was lost on me here over in the UK. Sorry about that. That's all right. I bet Charles would have known what it was. As you know, listening is often more important than speaking. <laughs> there you are. Well, there we are. Words of wisdom. Uh-huh. <laughs> GK, have you got any, any other stories to share with us? Uh, I have one. Um, it's not an Australian one. Oh, it doesn't have to be. As long as it's not rude, GK. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, I'm learning from Jeff. I'm not going to share this one, but um, I don't know if the Americans have heard this one, but but a couple from uh, Massachusetts who were um, planning... A couple of what um, from Massachusetts? A couple, a couple of... A couple. (laughs) Uh, They they, they were set to get married in Europe, but it's one of those funny things, you know, like you used to say, you know, the dog ate my homework. The dog ate their passport before they could, you know, (laughs) get off. Did that make the news Happens all the time. (laughs) I don't know, but I would imagine the dog had a thirst for adventure and travel. <laughs> he's probably gone to, you know, he's probably going to Paris and he's wandering around there. But I just thought that was pretty funny because, you know, you rock up there and, you, you know, what's your excuse? Why is your passport destroyed? And it's like, oh, the dog ate my passport. Yes, that sounds the dog. Yeah. <laughs> you think after that the dog was feeling rough? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of another news story that I wasn't going to – this was not what my the one I was going to share. <laughs> Go ahead, then. Don't share it with us. Yeah, I won't, I won't share this one. Um, no. Um, <laughs> Supposedly, and I haven't heard much about this, there are face-peeling aliens in Peru. Oh. Yeah. Face-peeling aliens. Yeah. Do you have a, a reference for this, a source of some sort that I can refer to? Um, I've seen it on some, like, conspiracy show on YouTube, <laughs> some, like, Christian conspiracy <laughs> show. And then um, I believe Derek right. Gilbert on View from the Bunker did a uh, show about it recently. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to listen to that. There's some weird stuff in Peru. I found an article of a Peruvian doctor who saved a toddler who swallowed eight medical needles. Oh, wow. A two-year-old. I mean, I can't get my eight-year-old to, like, barely swallow, like, these soft little gel caps. But how did did this kid swallow eight needles? Mm. Well, he's just a sharp kid. (laughs) Wonderful. (laughs) That was good. It's unimaginable, I have to say. Thank goodness they weren't suppositories. <laughs> I have a health one here. As we're talking about health, I've got a health story from uh, mm-hmm. The Guardian, July 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, an NHS advisor suggests that staff should wear gratitude ponchos. <laughs> you might, might wonder what that is. Um, a poncho. Ponchos <laughs> come from Peru. Right. Well, they're gratitude ponchos. So the, this is a, this is a strategic advisor who's working for the health service here for a, a training unit has recommended that NHS staff should wear paper bibs around their necks 
that look like ponchos mm. so that fellow members of staff can get their felt-tip pens out and during the day they can write messages of appreciation <laughs> and encouragement onto these and then they can walk around the wards, you know, showing uh, positive messages. Um, mm. Oh. Indeed. Yes. Anything to justify not giving raises. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. It sounds a bit desperate, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes. I, a bit embarrassing as well that you yeah. ought to show, oh, everybody loves me so much that they're writing messages on my poncho. Well, there we are. <laughs> on my bib. On my what bib. I yes. Eating a hot dog and like mustard got in the middle of something someone said that was not. <laughs> That's performance art then. Yes. <laughs> I think you're really nice with a drip of mustard. Wow. <laughs> Good enough to eat. Yeah. Oh, hey, I was wondering if His Majesty Chucky could talk to us about the four men charged over the theft of the $6 million gold toilet from the English Palace. Is he Ooh. missing the toilet? I'll ask him. Do you know anything about that story Chuck? at all? Chuck, are you there? I can only encourage us all to think big and act now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's always good advice, but it's not exactly uh, to the point, is it? But uh, never mind. Well, I mean, it's a gold toilet. That's thinking pretty big. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes. Is this a real story that you got to share with us, Jennifer, about the yes. golden toilet? Yes. Do tell. We're not getting anything story. out of His Majesty, so. No. Well, on November 6th is when the story came out. But four men have been charged over the theft of an 18-karat golden toilet from the palace in southern England, <laughs> where it was an art exhibit before being stolen in an early morning heist in 2019 oh i see they were charged this year ah. but it had been stolen back in 2019 mm -hmm. i feel like this needs to become a movie <laughs> <laughs> yes the golden heist the, the golden, golden throne heist. yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't, if it's ever been used i don't care what it's made of I'm not <laughs> you can melt it down yeah. yeah i guess so if only leslie nielsen was still with us it would be ideal for him <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it was Blenheim Palace. Oh, Blenheim Palace, right. Oh, oh, the toilet itself had a name and its name was America. <laughs> what? Oh. <laughs> what? Oh, my. Well, he's terrible. still trying to take a dump on America with all his green initiatives, so I guess it's like it was never stolen at all. Yes. Uh... Wow, I didn't realize, Chucky, that you guys felt like that about us. Mm, I think he's keeping quiet. Uh... Best thing to do is to keep quiet on such a matter. I agree. He's got some decorum, yes. And, and it is best to listen. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, but I have another one that's really weird. Oh, yes. From an article on March 29th. There was a giant meatball <laughs> of an extinct mammoth unveiled in the Netherlands. Mm. Yes. At Nemo, a science museum in the Netherlands. Mm. Uh, so it was what? created by an Australian cultured meat company called VOW, V-O-W, which said it wanted to get people talking about cultured meat, <laughs> calling it a more sustainable alternative for real meat. Oh. And uh, so the oh. way they did this is the meatball was made of sheep cells inserted with a singular mammoth gene called myoglobin and it's giant it's like a baby's head that sounds it's awful <laughs> i mean it, it is awful it seems a rather bad taste publicity stunt to me yeah, mm. yeah. and you know the, and then the way they're talking about this is to say well it's literally four thousand years old well i wouldn't want to eat a four thousand year old meatball i have to yeah. say <laughs> no. no no this is very strange i suppose i might buy it if it came from um booths we have a supermarket here in the uk called booths 
Mm. They're in my good books at the moment, so if they were selling 4,000-year-old meatballs, I might actually buy it from them because there was a story in November, so very recently. They're called the loosely called the Northern Waitrose. Waitrose is a sort of upmarket supermarket here. So Booth's is in the northern part of the UK, so they're often tipped as the Northern Waitrose. Mm. So the Northern Waitrose becomes the UK's first supermarket to go back to fully staffed checkouts after axing almost all of its self-service tills. This is great news. A lot of people have been cheering about this. Now, they're getting rid of, um, they've got 28 or 27 stores in the north of England, and they're only keeping two of these self-service checkouts. I don't know how that's actually going, but that's what they promised to do. So that's great. They said they want to keep a personal touch, you see, to keep the the warm northern welcome going. Um, So it's not about shrink? It's not about what? Shrink. Uh, Shrink is when you're, you know, you lose things from theft or things get broken or things like that. That's not the reason why they took them out. I don't think so. Their clientele is very sort of middle class and. Um, well, the reason why is because I just read an article about how nearly all of the companies that had the self checkout things are starting to pull them back because they've had too much shrink. Oh well, I'm certainly all for that. Um, I don't like these self service checkouts. I, I won't use them. I will not use them. <laughs> Especially if they start telling you, oh, by the way, I think you forgot the butter you were talking about on the way to the store. You might want to go back to aisle nine and grab it. Oh, no. That's next with AI, right? Oh, dear. There was even a story about somebody who's doing some research, consumer research, on the effects of putting health warnings on meat packets. You know, like they put health warnings on cigarettes. Yeah, I went down it. So now it's going to be on packets of meat, you see, to discourage you from uh, damaging the planet by eating meat. Yeah. Or, hey. You, you ate too much this week. Go put that steak back. You Your go. carbon footprint yeah. is above the allowed. Uh, hey, but you know, I read a headline this week that in California, vegan restaurants are starting to have to offer meat because no matter what they push, people want their meat. Is that really? Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Vegan restaurants, what they kind of call them, vegan. There aren't even that. The, vegan plus. There aren't even that many, depending on where they're at. You know, I, living in Los Angeles, like. I know of a few vegan places, but for the most part, there's not really that many of them. Hmm. Well, nobody wants to eat that. That's nasty. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess you're not too keen then, Jeff. No, I'm not for them telling us what we can and can't do for eating and and all that kind of stuff. No. Especially when I know it's a bunch of controlling bulls. No, right. We're supposed to be in the free world, aren't we? Yeah, we're supposed to be. Uh, You're you're supposed to have the leader of the free world at the top of your country, aren't you? uh, (laughs) Come on, man. Yeah. Oh, he's not. He's a, mm. he's a joke, but uh, unfortunately, he's a powerful joke. He's a powerful puppet, yeah. yes. Or his handlers are. Um, oh, who, yeah. Who, but they're not that smart. They do all kind of dumb things. Hello? What did you say, Jeff? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't catch you, Jeff. You, you sort of crackled out. Uh-oh. The Nephilim got him. <laughs> do you know, I was thinking I was going through my head just as you said it. <laughs> Well, um, no kidding. speaking of Nephilim, and since Jeff has uh, departed temporarily, hopefully, one of the stories I wanted to share is, um, I don't remember when this was, but the Mexican government paraded out all these um, supposed alien bodies, oh. basically doing disclosure that aliens were real. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you remember, um, some of the carcasses they paraded out were just very obvious looking fakes. And in fact, this has a, a tie back to one of our previous New Year's shows, Um Jaime Musan, the guy who was presenting some of this to the Mexican parliament, um, he was the guy who got Marzulli to buy into the Nephilim ferry a few years back. 
Um, oh, the Nephilim fairy. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, so we, we got this story of uh, this guy he just keeps on giving to our New Year's show. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you know what the Mexican parliament actually makes of these? Is it believing or disbelieving? No. I, no. I, I don't know that they really concluded anything. Um, I think Bizarre. I think it was more the headlines of the aliens and stuff being paraded out and that they were mostly looking fake looking. Mm more than anything else. I, I think the news cycle needed a, a spectacle of some sort, and so they put that out without any real <laughs> right. real meat behind it and um, yeah. didn't really go anywhere. Or meat balls. Or meat balls, yeah. Mm. So, um, <laughs> mm, mm. Well, there have actually been some disturbing things this year, haven't there? Many disturbing things and some good things as well. <clears throat> and um, one, mm-hmm. one thing that I found rather heartening was that um, we have a lady here in the UK called Mariana Spring, who is a a journalist. Well, a journalist, I think, in inverted commas. She works for the BBC, and she's the first BBC disinformation correspondent. They have such a thing now. And she works with a unit called BBC Verify, which is like this uh, sort of fact-checking unit that they have. Um, And anyway, uh, she's 27 years old, and um, although she's involved with this BBC Verify... There was a delicious irony this year because it was reported in the the New European that Mariana was caught out earlier this year for having, let's say, been economical with the truth on her CV while she was applying for a job. (laughs) So, uh, the irony. (laughs) Indeed. And on her CV, she claimed, and I'm quoting this, um, June 2018, reported on international news during the World Cup, specifically the perception of Russia with BBC correspondent Sarah Rainsford. Okay. But then it seems that Sarah Rainsford didn't recall it quite like that. Um, And so Mariana had to apologize for her Awful misjudgment in spicing up her CV. And then um, in emails, Mariana writes this, uh, quote, oh, I've only bumped into Sarah whilst she's working. I've <laughs> chatted to her at various points, but nothing more. Oh, no. Everything else on my CV is entirely true. She says, there's absolutely no excuse at all. I'm really sorry again. And I'm thinking, okay, there's BBC Verify for you. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like she's qualified, honestly. I mean, <laughs> yes, indeed. it's about indeed. what I would expect out of yeah. somebody with that job to have as qualifications. So. I think so. Yeah. yeah. The very first BBC disinformation correspondent. Yeah. I mean, she's no Brian Williams being on a crashed helicopter, but I mean, she'll get there eventually. <laughs> Oh, there's no doubt. Jeff. What's up, buddy? Oh, yes, Jeff, you're back. Excellent. Yeah, I kept dropping, so I hung up and jumped back in, and it took a little while. I'm not sure what's going on here. Okay, has anybody got any stories now, or have we all run out? (laughs) I've got another one, but I don't want to, like, hog the spotlight. I think we're all feeling that. I've got a few more. (laughs) (laughs) Go on, then, Frank. We're looking at suspense. Come on, now. Okay, well, um, hold on. I'll be right back. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So, so my story, my main story of the year, the, the one I actually really wanted to report was um, there was a lady on a plane this year going from Dallas-Fort Worth Airport to, I believe it was Orlando, Florida. And she went viral on the internet because she flipped out on the flight before it was taking off. And she basically was accusing someone on the plane of not being real, um, <laughs> using uh, copious amounts of profanity. And she was escorted from the plane. And then um, for weeks, nobody knew who she was or what had happened to her. And then suddenly 
she supposedly reappears and then um, barely addresses having an episode on a plane. And there's some debate as to whether or not it's actually her, you know, who came out and admitted it, or if it's somebody else like playing her as a role. Because they, they don't really look the same, and she sounds different. Yeah, the lady they said who she is um, has been identified as Tiffany Gomez. She was on the plane going, this MF is not real. Not real? Um, not real? Yeah. She said somebody on the airplane was not real, and, and we don't know who it was, and there's all sorts of theories abounding as to ah. who she meant and what she saw. Wow, yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, there's so much speculation, it's not worth getting into. No, no, um, it rings a bell, actually. I think I may have come across it, yes. I think mm-hmm. I sent it to you. I, I was, like, obsessed with this oh. story for several weeks, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I sent it to probably everybody. Yeah. Do you think it could have been performance art? I mean, it reminds me of a sort of um, Andy Kaufman kind of thing to do. I don't think so, no, because she came out later and she apologized mm. and whatever. She didn't offer any explanation. Mm. And then weeks later, she just appears and is like, it to me doesn't look like the same person, but um, <laughs> I really can't be 100% sure about that. <laughs> it was probably my favorite and most bizarre story of the year. Bizarre, mm-hmm. yes. Mm. Well, it's not really my favourite stories. I, I want to mention about Nigel Farage and Russell Brand. I know everybody knows about those two, but I think it's you know, it's good to mention them. But my favourite story is something I discovered this year. Um, it was, I think it was reported on about 10 years ago, but I only discovered it this year. And because we've got King Charles on the show, I'm having to tread on eggshells because of this story. Uh, and that is that um, apparently, if you call for the abolition of the monarchy, it's still illegal in the UK to do that. Um, I didn't realize that, so I've been very, very careful what I've said. So it was 10 years ago, it was reported in The Guardian. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a a 165-year-old law that threatens anybody calling for the abolition of the monarchy with life imprisonment, and it is technically still on the law books. It's called the Treason Felony Act of 1848. So Mm. um, section three reads like this. Ready for this? So everybody needs to be careful here. Ready? Um, If any person whatsoever shall, within the United Kingdom, or without... Oh, my. Notice that? Or without... Golly, that's wild. Compass, imagine, invent, devise, or intend to deprive or depose our most gracious lady, the Queen, because we'll have to say most gracious lord, the King, uh, from the style, honour, or royal name of the Imperial Crown of the United Kingdom or of any other of his majesty's dominions and countries, and there's a little bit more, um, every person so offending shall be guilty of felony. That's pretty serious. And being convicted thereof shall be liable to be transported beyond the seas <laughs> for the term of his or her natural life. Why? How about that? Wow. So if you even imagine, it says here, if you even imagine the end of the monarchy. Oh, I do all the time, <laughs> but I keep them to myself usually. You, you can be uh-huh. deported to Australia, or at least put in prison for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, I'm gone. <laughs> there we go. So be careful what you imagine. What would they do to GK since he's already in Australia? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good question. It's Vegemite sandwiches the rest of your life, mate. <laughs> Words of wisdom. Hey, I did find out what Vegemite is. Uh. Yes? It's brewer's yeast, and it's what's left over after they make beer and pour it out. <laughs> That's what that is, according to Food Network. Right. Doesn't exactly encourage me to eat it, I have to say. Is it no. supposed to be good for you? I guess, supposedly. Mm. Well, too much yeast is not good, but... I think most things that are sold are supposed to be good for you, aren't they? 
Well, the, bug, the bugs are good for you. Oh, apparently. Uh, hey, I wanted to tell you guys about a couple of little stories that happened that were very encouraging to me. Hmm, good. As um, King Chucky was talking about earlier about being encouraging. Hmm. I'm sure he doesn't mind me calling him Chucky, right? Let me ask him, Your Majesty, is that all right to be called Chucky? We need only look to the United Nations Secretary General, to the IMF, uh, the EU. Right. Well, he obviously doesn't object, so carry on. <laughs> mm. Okay. So um, I just wanted a couple positive stories. So one of them was that there was a Tennessee family that was in a tornado. Quite terrible, but they were in a mobile home and the tornado came and it ripped off the roof of the trailer. And um, the mom jumped on their one-year-old baby child and then the dad grabbed onto the bassinet which had their four-month-old baby in it and anyway what happened though was the tornado went through but the baby was gone from the bassinet and they started looking and looking and looking and by god's good grace the baby was safe in a tree oh, uh, yeah i saw that wow yeah pretty amazing oh, but uh man yeah yeah so frightening to go through that yeah mm-hmm. and then another one that's very encouraging is that there was a Christian veteran who um, who did what oh, yeah. probably ought to have done, and that is that there was a satanic statue in the Iowa Capitol of like that goat-headed oh, yes. sort of thing, uh, bullshit or something like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Baphomet, is it? Baphomet, yes, yes. Yeah, something like that. Is this the one that was all made out of sellotape and tinfoil? Yes. Maybe, yeah. It yes, looks I, like I think so. Thing. It was very cheaply yeah. made. He, very suitable. And he decapitated it. Yes, quite suitable. It. So this veteran, who's a Christian, went in there and decapitated it. Hmm. Yes. Well, if you can topple all these statues of famous people from the past, why can't you topple uh, an image of Baphomet? Right. Well, that's <laughs> the debate. Um, the left is very up in arms about this happening, of course. And then right. um, <laughs> everyone else is like, well, you guys were toppling statues for the last years without any comment consequences as like well Mm -hmm. you know i don't know we're back to that double standard of justice it is nice to see him do Mm -hmm. do that yeah i guess Mm -hmm. in a sense Mm -hmm. he probably ate some of that mammoth meatball and got really (laughs) encouraged went after it yeah there's a real kickstarter for his legal defense i think he's actually got quite a bit of money for it but um yeah right i can imagine yes yes which reminds me to say to listeners please do contribute to frank's kickstarter because we do need to know if Jesus was born in Somerset. Yes, thank you. So just a reminder there, before we actually hit midnight, when the uh, the opportunity ceases. Um, as we're on stories that are encouraging, I was actually quite encouraged by the story with Russell Brand, mm-hmm. uh, where we had the UK government, a lady called Dame Caroline Dynage, uh, who's chair of this Commons Culture Media and Sports Committee, and she was uh, sending a letter around to these media companies, and um, YouTube decided to demonetize Russell Brand, and... Uh, Rumble got a letter from this lady and they said no, they weren't going to do that. And I, I was really, really encouraged by what they wrote. They they wrote on their Twitter feed, uh, today we received an extremely disturbing letter from a committee chair in the UK Parliament. While Rumble obviously deplores sexual assault, rape and all serious crimes and believes that both alleged victims and the accused are entitled to a full and serious investigation, it is vital to note that recent allegations against Russell Brand have nothing to do with content on Rumble's platform. Just yesterday, YouTube announced that based solely on these media accusations, it was barring Mr. Brand from monetizing his video content. Rumble stands for very different values. Uh We have devoted ourselves to the vital cause of defending a free internet, etc., etc. 
cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. They just did not yeah. cave in to, uh, I mean, what's the business of the UK government to be doing that at all? I mean, yeah. these are alleged offences and they're just saying oh let's cancel people based upon this and mm-hmm. speaks of a stitch up of course as, yeah. <laughs> as far as i'm concerned and many people see it that way um but uh you know it was just uh, pretty bad pretty disgusting for them mm-hmm. to do that and it was great a rumble to yeah. you know stand their ground yes and um a few days back i was watching a news podcast on rumble as well and they're of the vein of news reporting that needs a little more leeway in places like Facebook or YouTube would let them have sometimes. And um, they were talking about how there have been some outages. And in fact, in that same day, there were outages and Rumble was down. Mm. And so I don't know. It's interesting. Maybe, maybe not. Mm. But they're concerned. The reporting that they were doing was about um, outages that are being deployed deliberately in order to cause problems and chaos and that sort of thing. And mm. wouldn't yeah. be surprised for places like Rumble to receive that kind of <laughs> response nothing would surprise me these days no yeah Mm. not even the bicycle hearses in france the what bicycle hearses hearse (laughs) hearse i'm seeing them right here good heavens parisian undertaker is this a new thing uh late 2022 so it's slightly out of our time range but a parisian undertaker aims to introduce a bicycle hearse in france is this to save the planet is it yeah it is it's a, for a new green way of conducting funerals to the french capital okay it's a bike and it's kind of this cool little container thing it's kind of weird i'm sure there's a market for it but <laughs> she just pedals around on it i'm sorry but the pallbearers down in ghana have that beat Oh, yeah? Yeah, they will play, you know, some festive music and then dance you around, you know, carry your casket and bounce it around and dance and put on a show. Yeah. Well, there used to be a TV commercial years ago that had somebody playing Queens, another one bites the dust, and then they backed away, (laughs) and it was somebody in a hearse in a funeral procession. (laughs) Uh To another one bites the dust. I've I've said I don't want a funeral, actually. No? No. Dropped at sea and forgotten. (laughs) We should send you out on a flaming boat like the Vikings. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Frank, did you ever see that program from the 1960s called The Invaders? I did. Yes, I have. My dad was a big fan of it growing up. He actually had a uh, yes. bottle of that flying saucer, and he he did. <laughs> no, he, he yeah. absolutely he, – mm-hmm. I think he mm-hmm. claims he saw one like that. I'm not sure, but um, I, I don't know. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah, he said he for sure saw a cigar-shaped craft. I'm getting off – track here Um, the reason why i mentioned yeah go ahead sorry the reason why i mentioned it is if you remember when the aliens are killed they glow red and then they disappear don't they yes yes they do wouldn't that be marvelous you wouldn't need to have (laughs) cremation or anything like that yeah you just glow red a few seconds and you're gone i know how much money that would save yeah that would be totally convenient Think how convenient that would have been for the national security state in the U.S. when uh, JFK was topped. Mm. <laughs> right, I know. Oh, he's, he's disappeared, guys. Yeah. Oh, we were going to do the autopsy. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I used to love that program. Yeah, no, it's it's good. Um, it is. It was basically the same story every show, but uh, well, what show isn't? But... <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah. But I did enjoy it very much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I've got the last one, I suppose, about Nigel Farage. Did you all hear about that one over there? Uh-uh. What happened? No, what was that? Well, he was um, recently this year, he was debanked oh, no. by Coots, which is uh... an elite bank, which is owned by NatWest. That's a particular bank that is, I think 40% of it or so is owned by the British government. You know, it was bailed out in 2008. You know? um, anyway, uh-huh. this elite bank, Coots, 
debanked him and they claimed initially that it was because he didn't have enough wealth anymore you know hello sorry there's a lot of noise there wasn't oh i'm sorry i walked out to the other room where my daughter is watching batman oh i see um there's a batman robot and there's some sort of laboratory blowing up so <laughs> Okay. Okay. Right. Um, yeah. So he was debanked. Um, it was claimed anyway that he didn't have enough wealth. But then um, it actually got revealed that they'd used a dossier with all kinds of personal details about him to justify exiting him from the bank because his views did not align with the bank's values. And they admitted he'd not done anything illegal or anything. But this dossier had things in it like, oh, oh, he's a friend of Trump. Oh, he's opposed to net zero. He's been critical of the king. He's got pro-Putin views. He's seen as xenophobic. All these sorts of political things. And um, as a consequence of this, the boss, um, a lady called Dame Alison Rose, resigned Uh after she falsely told a journalist that Mr. Farage's views had not been a factor in the loss of his account. Well, it clearly was, according to this dossier. Yeah. Uh, it was clearly that. and uh, yeah. So it was quite good, really, that this story blew up. It was back in the summer. You know, so it's warned people. Uh-huh. I mean, I know we know and people listening know about the threat of social credit policies. Uh-huh. You know, it, it warned many people that this is a reality. The banks are increasingly thinking this way and other businesses and governments are thinking this way. So it's a great warning. So I was glad that story came out. Yeah. What do they do with yeah. your money when they debank you? Mm-hmm. I suppose they have to give it to you. It's a question that's come up because they were trying to debank Trump, I believe, at some point, or there was right. talk about it. And they did, I think they did debank uh, Kanye West, actually, when he came out with uh, his anti Semitic views or whatever. Yeah. I don't know what came of that, but he, I think he had been debanked from somewhere. And of course, some other bank would be only too happy to take that, <laughs> depending on yeah, their yeah. stance. But I mean, they all have to play the game to a degree. It really is a growing problem for sure. Yeah, and I'm glad that people know about. Truckers in Canada. Oh, absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know if theirs was just getting cut off from GoFundMe kind of thing, or if it was being cut off of just mm. like their regular accounts. I don't remember for sure. There was something said about freezing bank accounts. Uh-huh. So I'm not sure of the absolute detail about that. Wasn't the GoFundMe? Wasn't it threatened that those funds would be? redirected to charities i think so yeah i'm not sure that actually happened but uh you know that was disgusting wasn't it mm-hmm. you know, gofundme should just decide where they're going to send it <laughs> yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it is a very very worrying trend indeed so i was very glad that that story broke because it was a, it was very big news so whatever you think of nigel farage you know it shouldn't have happened and uh yeah. good that people know about that uh-huh. right well that's me i've run out of stories so <laughs> I'm fresh out too. I'm running out of whatever chemicals are in the brain that keep you awake. If you want, I can send my neighbor over to slam some doors all night. <laughs> yes, yes, you told me about this neighbor. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you all for coming on. I am really yeah, flagging thank that, you. actually. In the last 10 minutes or so, my energy levels are dropping. Good to have you on, Jeff. At long last. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm glad I've been able to. And look, I found a picture of Frank playing with his pet pigeon I'm, i just huh? sent it in the uh chat room you want to check that out before we oh yeah there it is yeah didn't know you had a pet pigeon well i, I don't like to talk about it it's you know <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> i'd be afraid it would peck my eyes out or something <laughs> oh he's harmless he's harmless you should send him over to your neighbor when he's knocked too many times <laughs> <laughs> yeah well as luck would have it 
given that I am seriously flagging here, the time is fast approaching midnight, indeed just a few seconds to go, so let's get ready for our annual toast here on TMR, because each year we see the old year out and the new year in with a festive tipple of some sort. And once again, thanks to the unfailing generosity of Paul, a long-time listener in France, we have another wonderful French red wine for us all to enjoy, this time a bottle of La Réserve Saint-Dominique Ventoux. So thank you ever so much, Paul, for doing that again. We very much appreciate it. So friends, if you would please raise your glasses, I shall pour for the annual toast. So Jennifer. Chim chim. GK. Cheers, Julian. Frank. Come back. And Jeff. Pip, pip, cheerio, and happy new year. King Charles III. <laughs> Proper value on carbon. <laughs> <laughs> to the new year! Cheers! Identifies a toaster strudel.